Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Back to another episode of Paper Route. I'm Corey Holmes, and joining me today is Ashley Nicole Moss and Brandon Marshall. How are we doing today? What's up? Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. I'm ready uh, for another day uh, for everyone to listen to me and tell me that my takes are better than Ashley's takes, Corey. So I'm excited about this beautiful Thursday on Paper Route. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here in beautiful, uh, sunny Los Angeles. It's early over here, guys. Yeah, man. All right, yeah, no, I'm excited too. Let's get to it, huh? So former NBA star Sean Kemp was booked last night in an alleged drive-by shooting. We'll dive into that situation a little bit later. We'll also preview a few big NBA games scheduled for tonight. And we got to give you our two mm. cents with the uh, J.J. Redick and Kendrick Perkins situation over on first take. But first, man, it was supposed to be Kevin Durant's debut home game last night. Uh, but Phoenix Suns fans instead got a dominant performance from Devin Booker, right? The star guard scored 44 points in last night's win. But I want to show you guys uh, what happened in warm-ups, man. It was a crazy situation with KD. Let's look at it. What happened? Did he roll it? Lay up. Yeah. It was a, so, so KD, KD was. I was, I was, I was under a rock last night. What happened with KD? I wasn't on social media. It was crazy, man. So he, he, we doing warm ups, right? Like layup lines, and he turns his ankle. He turns his ankle going up for a layup. So, you know, according to reports, I mean, it's looking like now he's going to be out four to six weeks. They said that he was given a, 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 a grade two ankle sprain but um last night though Booker I mean like I said he went off he went 17 for 23 from the field 6 to 10 from three and did that in only 28 minutes he had 30 points in the first half uh but the star admitted you know that that it was a bummer not having KD on the floor this is what he said in a post-game interview he said the city's been waiting for this it was a big day we'll, re we'll just have to reschedule the party the people that missed out on it tonight I tried to give them a little something to make it better. He definitely, <laughs> definitely did Gave that. Him a lot. Yeah, and his teammates Terrence Ross and Chris Paul added an extra 24 and 18 points respectively. Chris Paul was actually six from eight uh, from the field and had nine assists. But I mean, it, it looks like the Suns, you know, where they were heating up and building steam and whatnot. But you know, like I mentioned, Katie might be out four to six weeks. So actually, like, this is a game changer. What are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, with Kevin Durant being out, obviously the Suns will be able to stay afloat. There's less than 20 games left in the regular season. We keep saying that. Or they were, were kind of in the crunch. Um, 
The only issue is, is when you start getting into the playoffs, right? Because the Suns have notoriously had issues going into the playoffs for one reason or another. It seems the tandem of Chris Paul and Devin Booker, neither one of them can stay healthy when it seems to be necessary. And when I say yep. neither one of them, I mean more of Chris Paul than I do um, Devin Booker. But listen, I think I don't think it's as severe as it may have looked, they did say the reports did say that he was able to work out afterwards. So that is something mm, to go ahead promising. and be um, optimistic about. But I will say this, you know, it's I don't really know what this is something when we were talking about Kevin Durant and the Suns previously. And I said this on other shows that I was on as well, you know, appearing, especially like on Peacock with um, brother from another my friends over there. I said it. You know, the expectations for the Suns to be championship or bust, I even had this conversation with Brandon, was a little bit um, too, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little bit jumping the gun here. Because you have a lot of situations in the mix that were going to go ahead and prevent that from actually being a real narrative, right? So this team is just formed together. You, you're bringing in a new person, Kevin Durant, into the equation. That affects the chemistry issues of the team. Yes, they've played together in other instances, but you still have to gel as a unit. There's not enough time to go ahead and make that happen. And yes, I will say that the talent can go ahead and override that, but it's still something to be concerned about. But my biggest concern was you have a 34-year-old Kevin Durant coming fresh off an injury. You don't know if he's 100%. You don't know if he's 90%. And injuries happen, especially towards the playoffs, especially in the playoffs. Guys get banged up. Things happen, and They'll that's exactly what happened right here. So I'm going to say that I'm not overly worried about the Suns. The Suns will go ahead and figure out a way to make it work. Kevin Durant, they say, may miss the first round of the playoffs. He may not. Mm. But I think that this just goes and further proves my point that that championship or bust narrative, at least this year, was a little bit, you know, pre, mm. a little bit kind of jumping the gun. So you think that the narrative was premature. Ashley, it's all about winning the championship. Come on, think about it. This team will be fine as far as down the stretch without Kevin Durant because this team was one of the better teams in the Western uh, the, the, the Western Conference uh, before Kevin Durant even got there. I mean, hell, just a, two years ago, uh, they should have won it, right? They could potentially, we could, if if they did what they said they were, were if they did what they were supposed to do, and like you said, Ashley, stay healthy at the right time, we could be talking about this team as back-to-back -back champions. So they'll be fine there. Uh, Kevin Durant's ability to play on the ball, off the ball, uh, makes it easier for everybody else on the court. So when he does get back, whether it's three weeks or if it's six weeks, they'll be able to adjust right away. You saw that in, in his debut, right? Being able to sit there right there on the wing and, and get the job done. Devin Booker, all he needs to do is continue to be the second coming of Kobe at times, and, and they'll they'll find themselves uh, competing for a championship. So I'm not concerned about the Suns. It sucks because you wanted to see really good basketball down the stretch. KD was making an exciting TV ratings are way up, and now he goes out there again and have a problem with uh, his foot or his toes. So, um, Ashley, you know, it's going to be interesting down the stretch. What do you mean – if he comes back within six weeks or more that they'll be able to adjust. What do you think they're playing in AAU? Like this is the NBA. Yeah. Like there's That's good. Thank you. Yep. Great question.
I mean, listen, think about it. Kevin Durant, if it, if this was Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, this would be a problem because Kevin Durant in Brooklyn had to do it both ways, on the ball and off the ball. Now he has Devin Booker. He has a guy that can bring the ball up in Chris Paul and get people into a system. You know Kevin Durant is a system player. You talked about this a few times over the last few weeks. So this guy is a plug-and-play guy, and it makes it easier for everyone else. He can literally sit on the wing and give you 30. That's what that means. It's easy. Go back to the first game. You don't need much from Kevin Durant. You don't need a lot from Kevin Durant if Devin Booker is playing the way he's playing. Right, but I think we're ignoring the fact that we've seen the Suns without Kevin Durant. They've existed without Kevin Durant for X amount of seasons. We've seen Chris Paul and Devin Booker in the postseason. They weren't able to get it done. Kevin Durant is a piece that's going to take them over the hump. So if he is out for an extended period of time, I'm not too worried about the remainder of the regular season because I think that the standings, with the exception of maybe a couple of teams, the standings are kind of just what they're going to be. I think that there's going to be a little bit of a switch between like the five and the six I think top three is probably going to remain the same I think everything between four and six you're going to start so you like the Grizzlies so you like the Grizzlies you like the Grizzlies to maintain um I think I have I would have to pull up their schedule and go ahead and see I mean John Morant is expected to be back within four games they said it's going to be an extended you know four game absence but after that he is expected to return um, now, his mindset when he does return, obviously, media yeah. scrutiny and all that outside noise, the questions and things like that may go ahead and affect him. Hopefully, it doesn't for the sake of the team, but it would be, um, you know, ignorant on my half to go ahead on my behalf to go ahead and say that that wouldn't be a very high possibility. The Grizzlies, though, are probably going to do everything in their power to protect him from that kind of scrutiny, especially this close into the postseason. But I, I would say for the most part, I mean, the situation with John Morant and the Grizzlies is a little bit different than just your normal switch and, and losing games down the stretch or winning games down the stretch. That's a, a little bit more of a dramatic situation. Yeah, but you're so talking kinda... about your star player, but you're talking about your star player, damn near the face of the NBA, coming back uh, out of a situation that is new to him, right? Right. I think all I think all superstars, whether it's in entertainment or in sports, go through a phase in their life where they're challenged, where they're uh, held accountable uh, publicly. And how you manage now determines how you're going to operate and 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 how effective you'll be, you know, post situation. So it's going to be interesting. This is a big deal for John Moran. You go back to last year, he was sitting down, I think, with Taylor Rooks, maybe, and he talked about his struggles mentally and. He just hold it in. He really doesn't talk to anybody about these things. So, uh, Ashley, it's going to be interesting. I, I I think they slide. I think they slide because it, I don't know might. if John Moran. It, it's, it's, it's a high possibility that they slide. That's why I said, yeah. you know, for the most part, one through three in each conference is pretty much set with the exception of the Grizzlies. You can totally understand why they would slide if they were to because that's not a performance issue. That's an outside entity issue. So they're right. a little bit in a different conversation. But I, I agree with you. There's a high chance that they slide. Steven Adams, they say, is going to be reevaluated in four weeks. So that's another missing piece. Um, Dylan Brooks is coming off of his suspension. There was another player, I believe, that's out with an ACL or something along those lines. So the Grizzlies are kind of falling apart at the seams from multiple angles. So I agree with you, those slides. Yep. So again, but bringing it back to the Suns, um, 
I'm not, you know, too concerned about them in the regular season. The postseason's where things get, the playoffs is where things get a little bit muddy because depending on what that first matchup is for them, um, you need Kevin Durant. That gives you another offensive weapon and one of the best offensive weapons, if not the best, depending on who you ask, in the NBA. So for him to possibly miss that first round, depending on the matchup, is a little bit concerning. I will say that. Okay, well let's let's just stay tuned and we'll see. Yeah. Corey in the cut. Yeah, yeah, well no, but I, but I mean to to kind of close out on that segment. I'm I'm with Ashley, right? Like I mean oh, they, Lord, they, the the Suns the Suns look with good. Ashley. Everybody's with Ashley. Uh, well, no, cuz look, look Jackson's this. with Ashley. The Steven Suns Jackson's good. with Ashley. The Suns this look is good. Unbelievable. Last night. But they Jeez. beat a Thunder team that was minus Shea Gazes Alexander, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about them over this next stretch, but to win a championship, they're gonna need Kevin Durant. I need um, KD real quick. Yeah, well, Hoopers yeah. know this. I need KD to stop wearing low tops. Uh, Put the high top sneakers on. You are not, not 24 years He's old anymore. We need I know, KD, listen, I know you are a low top guy. When I interviewed Bam Adebayo, he said the same thing. He likes the Jordan Lowe's. He's not a high top guy. There are a few Hoopers Weird. who are like that. But KD. You're 34 now, my guy. You need that extra ankle support. Mm. We gotta, we gotta put those lows in the in the back of the closet and start, you know, happening. wearing it's something with happening. a little bit more support. Okay. Not happening. All right, all right. So moving on, right now, Tuesday on First Take, right? ESPN analyst JJ Reddick Ooh. and Kendrick Perkins had a heated debate over whether NBA voters are racially biased or not. Now, Perkins suggests that voters have an inconsistent criteria for the award, which he says favors white players. Reddick responded by saying that a flaw um, in shows like First Take are that hot takes are encouraged without evidence to back them up. Now, I mean, the two later, uh, you know, resolved the conflict and, you know, shared the respect that they had for each other. But nonetheless, um, you know, it's it's a conversation. It's it's a legitimate conversation. Now, J- uh, now this was Kendrick Perkins kind of later on in the show, you know, when the two mended, you know, the, the conflict between each other. He said, J.J., I appreciate you, brother. Real talk. I appreciate you for challenging me on this whole conversation uh, because it's guess what? It's an uncomfortable conversation, but it's something that needed to be had. Right. So, um, Brandon, I want to you know go to you first. What are your thoughts really just on this whole situation? Well, first off, I actually absolutely love uh, J.J. Reddick and uh, Big Perk. Right. Um, I don't know who I, who I love uh, more. But man, JJ Reddick, I love his approach. I feel like he's trapped. I feel like JJ, you know, uh, really feels free and and you know himself when he's on his own podcast and he's doing his shit on the radio show and and then on YouTube. But then when he gets to ESPN, it's like when you see him sit down with e, with uh, Stephen A. Smith, the conversations that they have get real. Like that's those are real conversations. Like it, it's almost as if JJ Reddick's mission is to go on ESPN and totally uh, disrupt everything they're doing and call them out on their bullshit because he's right. Like, you go on these shows, and it's not about the game. It's about your take. Oh, I'm going to go out there and say LeBron James sucked, like Skip Bayless, right? Like, uh, LeBron James, he's not he's not that good. He's not even a good person. How the hell can you say anything bad about LeBron James? But that take has made his entire career going out there, whether you're uh, – you know, Shannon Sharp and there's so many others that try to do this. Max Kellerman, Tom Brady sucks. 
How the hell can you say Tom Brady sucks? How can you say Tom Brady's not a good quarterback? So I'm with J.J. Redick here. You go out there, you don't have enough information, right? Especially as a as a former player, you got to make sure you 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 hold down that seat and say, you know what? Y'all talking about it from a surface level standpoint. I've been in those shoes. I've been in those seats. Let me pull back the layers a little bit more and tell you what could have possibly happened. There's so many different ways these things, these conversations can be had. So I actually love it. Forget the basketball stuff for me, Ashley. I just love seeing J.J. Reddick and now Kendrick Perkins go out there and just have some some really heated discussions. And I love that it doesn't spill over um, after the fact and they're able to get on social media, still show love to each other, still have respect. But damn the basketball talk for me, Ashley. I just love how they going out there and having real conversations as former players. Yeah, I mean um... – you know, I'm going to obviously dive into the more basketball side because I think that things are manufactured for TV, as we all know. So I don't really know mm. if it is all good in the hood between the you, two of them. You don't think – so do you think – what are you saying? That you don't I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's all good and, and sunshine uh. and rainbows and puppies with them. You know, it could mm. just be so that people stop talking about it. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not in the middle of that relationship, so that's right. not really my – you know, concern, but I will say that I think that both of them um, had points. I think that JJ has to realize racial biases do exist um, in everything in this world, whether you like to admit it or not, and they do exist in sports. I mean, we see it all the time when we talk about the different expectations of that moving goalpost, whether it's the NFL, whether it's the NBA, when it comes to black athletes and white athletes, when it comes to black head coaches and white head coaches. I mean, those are all racial bias. Those aren't, you know, imagined. They're not manufactured. They're real. So I think that in that regard, Perk did have a point. Now, do I think that that applies to the Jokic MVP. MVP debate? No, I think that Jokic is in the running and is leading in the MVP ladder because he's immensely deserving. I think last year, you can make an argument for Embiid, but Embiid did miss a chunk of games. And the Nuggets, even though they were only in the sixth seed, because the West was overly t was very top-heavy last season. If we look at the numbers, and we're always talking about how numbers don't lie, they were only, I believe, three, three-and-a-half games back from the three-seeded Philadelphia 76ers. Jokic carried that team to the playoffs. Now, did they win? No, but it is a regular season award. So with that said, you have to only look at the regular yeah. season. And I think Jokic... Deserved the award last year. Now, you can make an argument maybe for his first MVP and kind of be like, eh. No. But this narrative that he's winning because he's white um, is just not true. Now, I do think that within the NBA, there are maybe racial bias when it comes to other things. I think that we expect certain guys to compete for championships, and we do give some other guys passes when it comes to not winning championships i think that is very real but i think that um i think what perk was trying to say at least the what i got underneath all of the other the mess was that the biggest problem with the mvp award is the lack of true criteria we talk about this with the nfl mvp award as well brandon i mean the criteria for that award changes from season to season. So it's very hard for the fans and even for some voters to really be able to figure out what like, an yeah. MVP actually is. Is it an individual it's, award or is it a team right. award? Because if it's an individual award, then bringing in team components 
is kind of contradictory to what the award is. And if it's a regular season award, then why is there so much emphasis on who makes the playoffs or who goes deep in the playoffs, who walks away with a championship, who doesn't? I think that's criteria is messy. And I but think I, that I feel like what... that's that's all media though driven, right? Because everyone goes out there whether it's you know you or uh, a JJ Redick or a Chris Bouchard or Nick Wright, and everybody gives their opinion on what the award should be, and they start mm-hmm. putting their takes out there that further, you know, validates JJ's whole conver- like his whole point is that like look, you got to be able to back it up with real stats. Like mm-hmm. so for me, um, it's like the football MVP discussion. It should the name should probably change, right? Because in 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 the NFL, it's a quarterback-driven award. That's it. Offensive player award, you know, will go to a running back or a wide receiver. Hell, you saw that in Justin Jefferson. But look, to me, I have uh, JJ Redick now uh, evening out the score. Uh, Kendrick Perkins. The first time they had this conversation about two weeks ago, I feel like Big Perk won that. J.J. Reddick went into his, his library, studied up, and came back with all these facts and all these numbers, and J.J. Reddick evened it out. So I'm excited to see how this conversation plays out. But, but the, like, look at it. Like, over the last 30, 40 years, outside of Joker winning these back-to-back MVPs, you have two other white guys that's been able to hold up that trophy, and that's Steve Nash and that's uh, Big Dirt. So, like, you know, I, I don't see Perk's argument here. You got to go back to 1986, 1985 to Larry actually Bird. see another white guy. Yeah, Larry Bird that actually won this award. So, like I, Well, uh, like I said, I, I don't think that it's a racial issue. And I think that, right. you know, sometimes one. when you're unable to eloquently, um, you know, express your point, sometimes things get lost in translation. And I think Perk's issue is not – I think his issue – is should be more or at least i hope it's more with the criteria of the award than it's a racial thing because the numbers don't back up that it's a racial thing now i will say if he wants to go ahead and address racial bias in sports we can have that conversation because that's a legitimate conversation but when it comes to the Jokic mvp on the verge of three-peating i can understand being mad you know mj never three-peated the award and lebron didn't do it and kobe didn't do it and I can also understand the award, the the argument about Steve Nash two-peating because in 06, it was a little bit of a weird year, and you could make an argument that Kobe Bryant should have won the award that year. I'm not mad at that. Personally, I think he should have, but it's not like Steve Nash, you couldn't make an argument for him winning it either. But again, that goes down more so to me to the criteria. We talk about this all the time. We talked about it with Stack on Monday. When Steph Curry and the Warriors were fluctuating between seven and nine in the Western Conference, Steph Curry was, uh, you were able to vote for him for MVP, which, if you remember, a lot of the times that You're was. You're talking about last game, year? It was the, yes, last year. Oh, when um, he went on that crazy run? When he run? went on that crazy mm-hmm. run, he was dropping 50 yeah, points here, 45 all, yeah. points here, like holding yep. down the fort. If yeah, you remember. Yep. That was the same. Now, Damian Lillard has had seasons like that, but the Trailblazers were never considered a winning team when it comes to that MVP criteria. Yeah, but that was So he was always excluded from it. But that's what I'm talking about, this moving goalpost of the criteria of the award. That's the bigger problem here. No, 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 because I think think what's happening, to me, the NBA MVP award is the scoring award. That's what it is to me. You go back. And these guys that, that's won it over the last 20, 30 years are guys that were in the top two, top three in scoring in the NBA, right? And now you can get a little edge if your team is winning, like you said, or if something else is happening. 
But for the other thing that you need to look at, Ashley, is something that we haven't seen. So we know we can we, we, we know we can we can look at someone scoring 30, 31 points, 33 points uh, a, a game and say, oh, they're having an outstanding season. But when you have like the Russell Westbrooks, uh, other worlds that stand up and do something that you've never seen 30, you know, uh, uh, a triple double every single night. Mm -hmm. Now you get hoisted in that conversation. So when you look at some of these guys that may be outliers to some like Joker, like that's a big deal. Even what you said, Steph Curry, like you got to think they were say shit they were trash i still say they were trash and then he went on that crazy run it was like 20 25 games where it was like 30 30 30 40 40 but dame's had seasons like that and he was I, the justification for not giving him the mvp award dame was had that one he season where it was just crazy like something that we've never seen before that was what do you mean? Does he give you does he give you like some electric nights? Absolutely electric seasons. But I'm saying I, I don't think Dame had outside of that one year, I don't think which was like four years ago, I don't think Dame has had a moment like no, Russell Westbrook or a CJ, moment like Seth Curry. When Steph CJ Curry. McCollum was on that Trailblazers team and Damian was maybe, I want to say, the Trailblazers were either the sixth or seventh seed in the Western Conference. I'm forgetting the year right now. The justification for not giving him the award was because the Trailblazers, by this criteria, this imaginary criteria, they weren't a winning team. But Steph Curry does the same thing, essentially, last year, and all of a sudden, or the year before last, and all of a sudden, he's in the MVP conversation. <laughs> no, My that was different. Is, no, that was different. How that was it different? different. As you cannot compare it with Steph Curry what Steph Curry did during that run to Dane Lillard's he's year. You dropping, can't do that. He hasn't. That, Dane Lillard was just dropping buckets. I mean, yeah. Steph what? was like, it was how he was doing it. It was the, that's, that's what we're missing. It was how he was doing it, it given the environment, how he took his team from the bottom of the barrel to damn near back in the playoffs like that. It was like, they damn, he revitalized the, the Warriors. They weren't in the playoffs. They were barely in the play-in. I know that's what I'm saying. We, we we he thrusted himself in that conversation because they start winning, they start but moving up, and that's literally. It, it, but it that's, just felt that's exactly my point. Is when Steph Curry does it, it's now oh he's in the MVP conversation. But Damian Lillard has done that with the Portland Trailblazers, and the justification yeah. has been he hasn't been on a winning team in the West. So you can't give okay. the well, my my only point is is not to compare Steph and Dame. It's to compare the moving goalposts of the criteria of the MVP award. And once you truly cement the criteria of the award, if a player does of the award, if the player does not meet that criteria, he is not eligible. But once the criteria is fluid and it's season to season, like JJ has admitted that it is, you know, they vote per season. They don't look at an overall criteria. It invites these type of conversations because then it chooses, mm. then it can just turn into a big popularity contest. Exactly. Not saying that that's why Jokic is winning it. I think he is the most deserving MVP candidate that is. I think the biggest argument you can make against him is Giannis, but other than that, it's between the two of them. But I just think that the criteria All that stuff, is the issue. It's, not it's easy. It should be easy and simple. MVP, mm -hmm. most valuable player. You take this player, you put him on another team. What is he going to do? You take this player out of a situation. What is he going to do? Shit's simple. Right. Look over but is on it the on a winning side. team? A running back goes right. for two over 2,000 yards. It's only happened seven times in the history of our game. That is the MVP. That is the hardest uh, 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 feat in football. Why would a quarterback win? It's the same thing in basketball. If you're seeing a guy that's like just ha literally 
We know when when guys go on these hot streaks. We know when it's like, oh, this dude, heat check, he's hot. We know that. It's simple in the NBA. Everybody's so, just making it too confusing and too robust of a conversation. But like, that's too this, that, that's too general though, because if you say the mo if you take that person off of their team and they are still winning, okay, do does that mean that I mean, if you pull somebody off, they're not of a, the MVP. No, they're but not I'm the saying MVP. if you pull a player off of a number nine seed, right, and he's dropping crazy stat lines, and that number nine seed's probably like a thirteen seed, right? But they're not a winning team, so where's the line? Mm -hmm. Look, I agree mm -hmm. that I agree with Brandon that it's simple, but you like y'all hear me out. Like I, I feel like this is, could be a simple solution. It should be minimum, like you know, criteria again, a criteria, but an established one, a set one. You have to average like 25 plus points, right? Like you can't have any lower than five assists or you can't average any lower than five rebounds. But the caveat is your team has to be top five in their conference. Isn't that not like a simple no, solution? No, no. No, because like, different players on. do have different responsibilities. For example, like Embiid. But if we're talking about an MVP I know, like but candidate, for example, they have Embiid, to be yeah, what if you, what if you average? defensively ahead, more. It, like the, Embiid is defensively more mm -hmm. um, important to his team, but the Nuggets don't require Jokic to play defense like that. So why is that a knock against him? That's, a t the, that's the construct of I'm his team. I'm talking about players who will be like able to be on the ballot. Like, right, that that's what puts you on the ballot. You just have to meet those minimum criteria. You can't. Then, you can't because from what, there, what happens when you have that outlier the season, determined. Corey? You said a what? What happens, when you have the, what happens when you have the outlier season? Let's say a dude, say Ben Simmons, uh -huh. hypothetical right here. Ben Simmons next year. Boom, Ben Simmons is back. He's mm -hmm. averaging eight points a game, but now he's averaging 12 assists a game. He's averaging 15 rebounds a game. His mm -hmm. team is, you know, top three in, you know, uh, their, their, their conference. What do you do? Well, like, well, that's a legend. That, that would be a legendary maybe, run. Maybe that's something like gotta, that could potentially be an outlier. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, then, 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 yeah. Then maybe the. But, but he doesn't make it. But he doesn't make it because he doesn't. Requirements. He's not averaging twenty-five points. Well, yeah, exactly. So that then, to, like I just mentioned, then maybe it's three of the four requirements. Like I don't know. Like I said, just to take the bias out of all of this. I, I feel like there should be set requirements. I don't think there is this 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 well, narrative that there's like this bias when it comes. Jokic is the MVP, yeah. and that he's the MVP based on productivity, based on stats. It's not everyone, you know, conspiring together like, oh, we're gonna make sure Jokic wins it because like Jokic, you know, we I gotta like go Miami. ahead and make sure we <laughs> keep Miami the European too. fans happy. No, like you can make that argument if, say, Jokic was if you rounded them all up and Jokic is bottom five of the top five of MVP candidates, and all of a sudden he's the favorite, then you can look Confused. at it a little sideways and be like. Mm, well, so, that's not but, really but making that, sense. But Jokic has kept the Nuggets at number one the entire year. He has 35 triple doubles to his name. There is no competition for this. It is Jokic's so why does it, so, so why So why do you have someone like Anthony Edwards come out and say Joel Embiid is his MVP? Like, because it's so gonna, objective. If you ask 100 people the same question, Correct. you're not going to get 100 of the same <laughs> answers. But like JJ said, you can measure the MVP. Now, there are times when the MVP race is very tight, and then you have things that come into play, yeah. like who's the favorite, things like that. That 100% happens. When it's so close, it's like, well, I like Giannis more than I like Jokic, so he gets my vote. But in this situation, listen, Embiid's having a great season, but Jokic is having a great season. Like, it's 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 mm. pretty clear cut that it's Jokic's okay. award to win or lose. Okay.
Okay, Corey, what else we got, man? <laughs> All right, Jeez, we sound on. we about to start sounding like JJ Reddick and Perk. <laughs> I know, right? All right, but let's move on, guys. So it was breaking news um, last night, right? So last night, former NBA player Sean Kemp mm. was arrested and booked into Pierce County Jail in Washington State after an alleged drive-by shooting. Now that's according to county records. Um, but in a statement by the Tacoma Police Department, officers had responded mm. to reports of shots fired in an altercation between occupants in two vehicles, right? So it was alleged that the driver of one of the vehicles um, fired several rounds at the occupants of the other vehicle um, before the victim vehicle fled the area. Um, police say that, you know, who at the time they only identified as a 53-year-old male uh, was taken into custody without incident and booked into a local jail. It was said Ooh. a firearm was also recovered at the scene. So, I mean, guys, like, what are your initial reactions to this? I'll start with you, Ashley. I'm, I'm very confused. Like, I'm extremely confused. First of all, I know, you know, we speak about, we spoke about John Moran and his situation, and, and one of the things is, like, that has been repeated, and I think everyone could be in agreement on, is that, you know, when you're young, you you do, do stupid things, and sometimes those things are under a microscope, and sometimes they're not, and sometimes those things have dire consequences, and sometimes they don't. John Moran's 23 years old, and that's not saying that he shouldn't know better, but you also look at it and you're like, he doesn't you kind of you give him a pass a little bit because he is so young not saying that what he's doing is correct let me make that very clear once again but you also say when you're young you make mistakes 23 years old you do stupid things this is a grown man like this mm. is a grown ass man who has to be he he's got to be at least what 45 at this point no 52 53, 53. okay 52. he's in his 50s yeah. Why are you doing drive-by shootings allegedly in your 50s, sir? Like, you, listen, that's not something that you can even listen. begin to try to, like, make an argument with. He is a grown man. I think at 50, you're eligible for AARP. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, but listen, it's either it's either Sean Kemp's in the game, right? Like, he's pushing big weight or something. <laughs> Or so he's James St. Patrick? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. it's either that, right? Because we do know he, he struggled a little bit financially and he just maybe tried to recover by jumping in the game. I don't know. It's a wild story. It, it, it feels like it was just uh, he lost his mind uh, in road rage. That's what it feels like, you know, and, and it happens. We see it all the time. Hopefully, you know, he, he comes out of this, you know, in a better situation and he's we're not going to see Sean Kemp sent behind you know, bars, but man, this is terrible. I think this was just a, a lapse in judgment over a couple of minutes and something happened on the road. That's what I think happened. A lapse in judgment. Yeah, I mean, you see it all the time, Ashley. Think about it, road rage. All you got to do is turn on the TV, read the newspaper if they still sell newspapers. Like, it's in there all the time. We're seeing people with these classic out Brandon, have you ever, have you ever Have you ever been cut off before? Absolutely. Have you gotten Absolutely. out of your car or drove past Boys in the Hood style and just unload the chopper on people? <laughs> you the police? You the police? No. What I'm saying <laughs> is, is, like, it's that's no. Not, I never, I've never done 50 that. But plus I've been, year old I've been man. Hot before, but hmm? anything can happen. Like, why do you? That's what. No. That's what happens when you have a gun. When you have a gun, eventually you're going to use a gun. And, and I, it's not a bad thing. 
but like, man, you're sitting there, you don't have it all. You haven't, you're having a bad day. Someone cut you off and your, your gun sitting right there, right? This person's cursing you out. Hell, maybe your wife just filed for divorce. Who knows? Like shit happens. I'm glad that nobody was hurt. I seriously hurt. I'm glad nobody was seriously hurt. I just, I just I just can't even begin to find a justification for a 50 plus year old man firing off like he's in New Jack City like you're old <laughs> enough to know better I'm Let's sorry get more details. like I don't care if like someone cut him off flipped him off like you know you scream out the window you suck this 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 Seattle Supersonics like I don't take, care what they take say. care of your mental Take care of your mental. Shit happens. Corey from the cut. What else we got? Corey, Take real quick, we mental. got a question, a fan question. I'm sure Brandon would like this question. Um, is Ben Simmons' career over? Brandon, that's for you. Uh, ben Simmons' career is uh, still intact. Um, it's 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 a little shaky right now, a little wavy. You know, think of someone out there, high tide. They're in Hawaii and they're trying high to learn tide. how to surf, and they're up, and the shit is shaky. It's real shaky. You go left, you go right. This could be the moment where you're like, boom, you finally stick it and you just go. I, I think that uh, the NBA or a coach needs to, not the NBA, but a coach, the right situation, they need to understand exactly what they have. So I think they need to embrace that. He's only going to give you maybe 10 to 15 a night, but he can do so much more. Put him in a perfect situation. I think of like football players in the wrong systems. Lamar Jackson with Greg Roman as offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson can't throw the damn ball. No, Greg Roman don't know how to scheme it up. Greg Roman keep calling the same damn calls, right? So I think players need to be in, a, in, in better situations. The NBA has evolved. It's about three. It's about D. Can you give me buckets? If you can't do that, there's really no place for you. But you're starting to see like, man, guys like Devin Booker, you know, he's like, the hell with that. If I if it's a, a deep two, I'll take the deep two. So maybe they'll evolve back to where it's friendly for guys to just give you, you know, 12 rebounds, 10 assists, and you're, you're happy with that. But, De uh, excuse me, Ben Simmons, Ashley, I think he needs to continue to do deep work on himself. And, and, and this is a guy that I'm afraid for, right? Like very fragile, potentially, with everything he's gone through over the last few years. You know, when are you going to bounce back, right? The, the, the clock is obviously ticking, and it's not looking good, right? The longer it goes, mm -hmm. you know, untreated or fixed, the worse it gets, right? So for him still not to be attempting three-pointers, you know, that's that's kind of disturbing, right? Like you you put on, like, the practice footage, and you see him in the off-season workouts. He looks phenomenal shooting a ball. Have you seen the footage of him in the offseason going through drills? It's mm -hmm. unbelievable. So baseball players, it's the classic term in baseball where get, guys get the yips, pitchers get the yips, where they go out there and they just can't throw 90 miles per hour anymore. They can't get it over the plate. Mm -hmm. And it seems like Ben Simmons ha has, has been living in a yips for the past two and a half, three years. I think he... I think he's – I don't think he's the player that's going to give you 10, 15 points a game anymore. And, you know, that just is what it is. I think it's he has easy, to, though. I know, but it, it requires – in order to do that, you have to require – it requires you to do one very important thing, and that's attempt to shoot, and he doesn't do that anymore. So whatever the reason is, I agree with you. There's a mental block there. Um, it, there's something that's preventing him. I don't know if it's – the PTSD from, you know, the the series against the Hawks when he was in Philly, or if it's the desire to not want to be talked about for missing it or the fear of yes, being talked of that, about for missing it. All of that goes into it. it. 
But I don't think that he's going to be that version of Ben Simmons anymore. But he can still exist. You know, you look at you a know, team. You look at a team like the Warriors, for example. Not saying he's going there, but that'd be the perfect situation for him because they only need it for him to do one thing. They need him to right. go ahead and direct the offense and play a little defense. So you know, actually, that's, let me ask you that's this no question. Different than what so, they asked Draymond to do, but the difference is. Hold on, but let me hold on, hold on one second because we got into a little debate. I don't know if it was on air or if it was, uh-huh. you know, us just offline, but. When he had Kyrie and KD, and I was like, and I said the same thing, he doesn't need to shoot. I don't need him to average 15, 20 points. I don't need that. But you were pushing back on me saying, no, in the NBA today, you have to be able and to score. It's like, do. no, you got KD and Kyrie. Well, you, you just said, like, if you put you insert him into the Warriors, and now you don't need that. You don't need that. He's in a system the that works. The for, difference is, is that the Warriors, the difference there, though, is that and that was the key point in that discussion that we had is Draymond is not needed to shoot. But the difference is, is that you still have to guard him because you don't know if he's going to an attempt a shot. And Draymond does get you some mm. points every now and then. So you still have to go ahead and put a man on him. If you have a guy man, on the floor, if you have a guy on the floor who does not even look at the basket, he becomes an offensive liability. You can't even mask that because what's going to happen is what happened when they were in Brooklyn. You double-team your best player on the court, whether that's Kyrie or Kevin Durant, and Simmons is left wide open because they know he's not (laughs) going to take a shot. Shoot the ball. Shoot the ball. It's not going to happen. So one of your best offensive weapons is now double-teamed, which then limits the offense. So he needs to go to a team like the Warriors, but a team that's not competitive to win a championship like the Warriors. A little bit more of a lower-tier team that may be in a rebuilding phase that's not trying to win a chip because it's still an offensive liability because you're playing four and five. Essentially, I'm always Corey. I'm always going for the underdog. Come on, man. I love that classic underdog story. Wouldn't it be beautiful if you see Russell Wilson come back next year and he's up for MVP or he's in that discussion? Wouldn't it be beautiful no, if we cool. seen Ben Simmons actually start shooting the ball and you know going? It would be great. I'm, I'm, I think I was like, a big Ben Simmons story. fan when he, got, when he got into the league. I hope to be able to see that. I think, but I think that there also needs to be a realistic expectation. He may be better suited for a team like Chicago or like Washington or like um, Toronto that is going through a little bit more of a rebuilding phase that wants to still compete, but they're not competing for a chip right now. That may right. be a better right. suited environment for him. Right. Corey in the cut. All right, guys, so let's switch gears to the NFL. On Wednesday, Houston Texans' new OC, Bobby Slowick, spoke to the media for the first time, and he said that quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is on the team's radar. Um, This is what he said in his press conference. He said, we have a process with everything we go through. Jimmy is obviously a part of that process. He's going to be a free agent. We have our conversations. Nick and D'Amico lay out a plan. We'll see where that takes us. So it's worth noting that both sides already have an established relationship as head coach D'Amico Ryans was just the D.C. in San Fran and Slowick was the passing game coordinator. Slowick actually worked closely with Garoppolo uh, since he arrived back in 2017. So, Brandon, I'll start with you. You think uh, the Houston Texans is a good fit for Jimmy Garoppolo? The Houston Texans is a terrible fit for (laughs) not only Jimmy G, but also just the Houston Texans. Like, this is a classic... Uh, uh, approach to football, right? Uh, insert new head coach, 
and this new head coach goes out and they try to get comfortable in all the key positions, the guys around them, which is the smart thing to do. But when you talk about the quarterback position, you have an opportunity to say, you know what, I don't need to put a guy in there that's going, that's not going to help me win more ball games, right? Because they need so many other pieces. What they need is uh, a quarterback that can come in and be the face of the franchise for the next 10 years. So I'm not going to hold this process up by going to go get Jimmy G to go get his brains beat in because they can't protect him or they can't, he doesn't even have anyone to throw the ball to. So this is terrible for Jimmy G because we, where we seen Jimmy G thrive is when he has guys around him, mm-hmm. the coaches, players, everybody included. Go back to New England. He had some dogs out there at wide receiver. I know it was only a small sample size because he only played a handful of games and shut it down because of his, uh, his, his non-throwing shoulder. Uh, which pissed a lot of people off in the, in the organization, also in the locker room. But the same thing with the 49ers, right? Like being able to mask some of his challenges, um, you know, through the run game or through coaching or through Debo Samuels being out there. So I don't like this for Jimmy G, Ashley. I would prefer to see a Jimmy G like with a Jets, right? Jets got phenomenal defense. He's used to that. Uh, you got two dog wide receivers and you got a third that it, you know, can give you 100, 150 any given Sunday. And then obviously the young running back comes back. So um, I like Jimmy G in a situation that is uh, is ready to go right now, not a, a rebuilding situation. This would, be the, this would be the last of Jimmy G if he goes to the Texans. He'll be one and out of the NFL. One, any given Sunday, one of my favorite sports movies of all time. Two, um, I completely agree. Um, and also, I don't know how Jimmy's going to play for the Jets and the Texans at the same time because he's going into the Jets. Um, but, yeah, I agree with Brandon. He, We've seen Jimmy. He's a plug-in quarterback. He needs to go ahead and be in an existing system that can go ahead and exist regardless of what kind of quarterback is in there. As long as that quarterback is somewhat productive, Jimmy G's that guy. Um, so that's not going to be for the Houston Texans. That's going to be a team like the New York Jets, defensively, absolutely incredible offensively a couple of holes but not enough that is going to really go ahead and make jimmy have to do more work than he's accustomed to doing he just he does just enough as we've seen with the 49ers or as we saw with the 49ers to win games as long as he has a nice amount of support around him and he'll get that on the jets um he'll he could have gotten that on the saints obviously the saints went ahead and went to a different route but I agree with you. The Texans is not the move. Um, I don't know what the move the is for the Texans, but it's not Jimmy Garoppolo. It's it's the it's it's the draft, right? Like you know, go get your guy. Like what happens when these new regimes come in? They go out there and get all their people because they want to sustain, right? Think of, think about it from an organization standpoint. They want to win a Super Bowl. They want to make a lot of money, right? And they think about sustain sustaining success for long periods of time. Head coaches come in, right? And they're thinking, I got to win now. I really only have two years. Damn, you don't even really have two years as a head coach, right? Because you could get fired in year two if you start off uh, extremely bad and then you start the second season and it's not going great, right? Look at Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. He was one and done, right? The Denver Broncos said, no, we don't have time to wait. Well, I don't care how much money we guarantee you. We'll pay you that, but get out of my building. So you have these coaches that come in and they're just like, Jimmy G will at least be able to get us uh, on the field 
in an uh, efficient way, meaning like he knows the offense. He'll be able to be a coach on the field, get guys in place. So we'll at least be okay can put something competitive out there. But man, if you want to really win, you go out there, you get a Joe Burrow, you get a Justin Herbert. Think about those examples. You, you draft those guys and they get thrown out there right away. Justin Herbert, different story. I think Tyrod actually got his lungs punctured, right? And that's how he ended up getting in there. He didn't even know he was, wasn't even ready. He said, shit, I wasn't even ready. So uh, when you think about these these two young men, you think about them going out there their first year and then having the keys to the franchise thereafter. So I think that's the best approach. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. All right, guys. So look, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Corey's thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, say it again, bro. Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> what we're gonna do is transition to a segment we call bet. Does that right? mean when you do that? Does that mean I, I like I put you to sleep with my tape? No, like, not Was even, it too long winded? Can we get in the chat? Was that too long winded? Uh, no, you. Did Am good. I putting you, you guys good. to sleep? No, not even, man. I think you did good. Okay. But uh, but yeah, no. Look, we got our segment called Bet. So in this in this segment, we're actually gonna preview um a couple games that we you know that stood out to us on the the lineup for tonight. And actually, what we're gonna do is actually come up with a four leg parlay for you too for both of those games. Ooh. So what we're gonna do is start first with Ashley's Knicks tonight. One, they're one, at one, Sacramento. One second, let's do this. Can uh -huh. we do this, Corey? What's that? I want to go to Google. Mm-hmm. And I actually want to ask Ashley if she know these key terms, like just the fundamentals of betting. Fundamentals of betting. Right? <laughs> the fundamentals of betting. So I'm going to go betting, basic terms. Let's see how many she can get right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Yeah, so let me hit this. Quiz. Yeah, a little trivia pop quiz. Are you ready, Ashley? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to start easy, okay? What does the term cover mean? So this is FanDuel, right? So we're I'm on FanDuel.com. I know what it is, but like I don't know if I'm gonna explain it correctly. It means like to meet the goal of what the bet was. There you go. To I can't use the word. The betting outcome. Yeah. The betting outcome on a point spread bet for a favorite to cover, it must win by a number higher than the spread. An underdog can cover by losing by a number less than the spread or by winning the game outright. Very good. I got a few more for you. Um, Ashley, do you know what the term parlay means? Yeah, it's a, a bet of multiple uh, situations. So like... <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yeah, okay. She's passing flying colors right Ashley's now. been telling me this for months. Me and Ashley been talking about this show paper out for months. Hell, it feels like a damn year. And she's like, look, I love basketball and I, you know, I can talk a little betting, but I don't bet. Like, yeah, leave me I'm out of a, this. I'm not a gambler. Yeah. Like, I, I play roulette, right. though. Like, but I don't, sports, I don't sports gamble. Well, look, you're a gambler the... then. I, I, I got to hold on, hold on, hold on. No, okay, hold on, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. She one. got some more questions. Under. Okay. Under. Ashley, under. I got two more. So this one and another one. What's the, what does under mean? To take. It's the bet less than, I guess, the, the set one. So, like, say if the, the bet is 20 points. The under is you're taking under 20. Okay, yeah, 20. very good. The combined score of two teams is less than what the sports book set. Okay, last one. I'm going to get you on this one. Oh, God. All right. What's a pick em? This is easy. Very, very, very uh, like, uh, foundational term. Isn't it kind right? of, pick isn't that, like, kind of, like, the equivalent of, like, a, like a scratch-off? You just kind of, like, generate a bunch of random picks 
sort of on like a isn't that what that is? A you, pick you were trending in the right direction, of course. She was trending in the right direction, she but was. I feel like she got this one wrong. What is uh, it? Pick 'em is a game with no favor underdog, right? Oh. The Knicks, the Knicks are playing. The Knicks are playing against the Lakers. Like they both suck, right? Like pick tonight, they got the That's Kings. what it is. They got pick the tonight. There's no favorite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> go, Corey. All right, let's go. Let's go. All right, so, yeah, no, that, that's going to be our first game, though, right? The Knicks versus the Kings. Now, over the last 10 games, the Knicks have scored 122.4 points and have a record of 9-1. and one. They're traveling out west to face oh, so the Kings, are who are actually second in the west, and they have won seven out of their last 10 games. So, I already got Ashley's four-leg parlay, you know, ready to go. She's just going to determine over or under, right? So, right now, their combined total points line is at 239.5, Ashley. You got them going over or under? Um, what's the total again? Sorry. 239.5. That would, mm. If I do so the, both if I do the, if I do the math combine, real quick, yeah. that'd be have to, each team would have to score 119, roughly. If you That's just, a lot like, of points, down Ashley. The middle, I'm taking the under. Taking under, you're going to go under? Sure. Yeah. Very good. That's a whole very lot of points. So, we got under. And well, this one's easy. Money line was a was a term that you forgot, Brandon. And, that, and that's easy. You just picked the, the winner of the game. So, who you got money line? Knicks or Kings? Obviously, the Knicks. Come on. Uh, Don't ask me Knicks. dumb questions. Come on. Got the Knicks. Don't ask me dumb questions. <sighs> I may be going to the game tonight, Ashley. Are oh. you jealous? You're going to the, the my, Kings game? Yeah one, of, yeah, one of my friends have a private plane, so I was coming in last night um, on United, mm. flying exit road, five mm. hours and 50 minutes from New York. Jeez. And so I get a text halfway through. It's like, hey, you want to go to the Kings game tomorrow? PJ takes off from Orange County. So I may be there at this game. Right, and I'll be able nice. to tell you if your Knicks really have a chance. But anyways, you can pick the money line. Just wanted to share that with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. No, it should be a good game. All right, so we got Julius Randle. His point line right now is at 28 and a half. You got him going over or under? Over. Over, over. Over, wow. Sabonis, right now his rebound line is at 11 and a half. You got him going over or under? Under. Under for Sabonis. All right, guys, well, that's your four-leg parlay. Let's see if Ashley hits. Y'all, listen, if you're a disclaimer, if you're going to go ahead and use my (laughs) bets, my picks to go ahead and place your bet. I am not a gambler, so if it hits, you're welcome. If it doesn't, don't contact me. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Honestly, that's, that's, all. that's a good look. That's, that's a all good I ask. Leg. If yeah. it hits, that's, that's what's up. Congratulations. I'm glad I could help you out. If it misses, do go. not at me on Twitter. I do not care. Okay? You <laughs> well, knew what it was when you to... signed up. <laughs> Listen, I, I may go I may go do it. So anybody else that want to ride with, uh, with Ashley, go to FanDuel Sportsbook dot com and participate or you can download the app but Corey, what's my four leg all right so the game that brandon picked out was the bucks and the nets now they're meeting for the fourth time this season with the bucks winning their most recent matchup 118 to 104 that was back on march 1st in that game Giannis yeah, has so scored close. 33 points to lead all scores but it's important to note that mikhail bridges is currently on a three game streak of 30 or more Hot. points so that's yeah he's he's heating up right now but all right, Brandon. So again, you got the Bucks and the Nets. Their total point line right now is at two thirty-four. Mm-hmm. You going over or under? Okay. So first off, let me do this right here. Right here's my. What does this say? Brooklyn. What I got my happening? socks on right oh, now. Oh man, he he rocking Brooklyn. He rocking the Brooklyn. I just want to make sure that everybody see that because <laughs> Ashley think I'm bandwagon. I got Brooklyn. Uh, under Last time right I checked. Now, hold I got... on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I think what? he's bandwagon because he is and. 
also, he further proved my point. He sat in this chair in this studio. As you guys know, Brand's not here. He's in L.A. And I said, oh, so you're still a Nets supporter? He's like, no, I'm a Cavs fan now. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not a fair hey, weather it, it fan, I don't know what it is. Was it on wax? It wasn't on wax. It wasn't live stream. So, mean, no. There was a room full of people no. here. So No, that's no, no. Okay. I don't rem I don't recall. Got it. I don't recall. So anyways, uh, what's the first leg of my parlay? Yep. So so over under in total points, 234 is the current line. Oof, I'm going to go under here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, look, Bucks are one of the teams that play really good defense. I like Bridges where he's at right now. Um, you know, but they have some problems there. They're going to have to play some defense to stop this team. Um, I'm taking an under here. Got you. All right, so money line. Who you got, Bucks or Nets? Uh, I got to go with the Nets. To, you know, listen, even Bad if I bet. wanted to go, go with the Nets. Bad <laughs> I'm going with the Nets. He's I'm going with the Nets. Listen, I'm not even listen, a listen, everybody, thought, everybody, everybody, thought, everybody, everybody thought this season was going to implode when you lost Kyrie and KD. Mm. What happened? We've been playing better basketball. Yeah, they, they are We've playing, playing good playing basketball. Better basketball. They are playing good basketball, though. Right, let's go. All right, so you got Mikel Bridges. His points line right now is at 25 and a half, over or under. Jeez. Remember, he, he's over. on a heater right now. He said over, over, over. That's easy. That's easy. If we want to win, we got to play good defense, and we need my dog Mikkel every mm -hmm. night drop 30 points, every mm -hmm. night. All right, and last you got Giannis. His line right now is at 31 and a half, scored 33 in their last matchup, over or under? Uh, because he, he went off on our last matchup, and he was just dominant. Uh, he could. He was able to do whatever he wanted to do. I think there's going to be a huge emphasis on him. We know we shut him down. We win the basketball game. So I actually like Giannis, you know, under 25. But I'll, 25. I'll take that. Wow. Give me some little cushion. Okay. I'll take the under. Well, there you have it, man. You got Ashley's four-leg parlay. You got Brandon's four-leg parlay. Let's Ride see with how me. They do. Let's see how they do. I, I like Honestly, I like both of them. Money line nets, though. I mean, if I want to really flip my bag. You know, of course, I'll go with Brandon's. That 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 was that was an interesting pick. But anyways, that's it for our betting segment. Disclaimer: Twenty one plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Ten dollar deposit required. Refund issued as non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in fourteen days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com forward slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42, Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat, Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com, Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org, Maryland. 1-800-522-47. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. 700 Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia We're back with our Factor Foolish segment so if you remember in this segment I'm just going to read you guys a statement you guys to determine excuse me determine whether it's fact or foolish but remember you got to explain why so for our first statement the Colts will trade for the number one pick and draft CJ Stroud Brandon I'll start with you Factor Foolish uh, listen, I'm going to go fact here. Um, they have to get this done. Uh, Chris Ballard, uh, great general manager, one of the best general managers in all of football. Um, he's had he's had some bad luck. Remember when he came in, he had Andrew Luck. He came in, implemented a run game. They had a, a top five defense, but Andrew Luck retired. So now they had to uh, go out there with Jacoby Brissett. They, 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 they were able to put out uh, a, a decent year. They were competitive, but then they transitioned to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz wasn't the guy. No, excuse me. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. They thought Philip Rivers, they can get it done with Philip Rivers, and they thought he was going to have a couple years with them. Then he retired after the first year, 11 and 5. They were so close. Philip Rivers had a really good year. Uh, then you had Carson Wentz. Frank really thought he can get, get to Carson Wentz. That didn't go well, right? They moved on from him. So if they want to uh, actually be uh, not only a competitive team, because they've been super competitive over the last couple years, Ashley, but if they want to be a contender, they got to get this right at the quarterback position. Yeah, I agree so completely. To keep it short and sweet, we know you can't win in the NFL without a franchise quarterback. I think that the Colts are long overdue for finding their next franchise quarterback. Like Brandon mentioned, the Andrew Luck situation did not pan out the way that they thought with his early retirement when walking away from the game. Um, and they've kind of been just a carousel of quarterbacks ever since. So they need to find some stability there. You find stability there. Your offense finds stability. Your yep. team finds stability. And that's really the only option they have at this point in the game. So I agree. Fact. Next one. Next one, guys. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Walter are the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. Fact or foolish? Fact. I'm just giving Ooh. short and sweet. Fact, <laughs> fact, fact, fact. I'm going to go fact, but Ashley is not that clear cut, right? Because you also have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith sitting over there in Philly. And you look at the numbers, it's 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 close, right? Waddle uh, and Tyreek Hill, 3,000 yards combined through the air, give or take a few. 
you know, 15, 16 touchdowns between the two out of this world. And I mean, their catch, uh, their, their, their yards per catch was probably 15 yards. It was unbelievable. And you had, what, almost uh, 200 uh, receptions. And then you go over to Philly. Philly, those two guys combined for almost 170 receptions, 2,700 yards, 18 touchdowns. And it was big play after big play after big play. So the answer is fact. Ashley's right. Um, but I wanted to give you guys a little bit more numbers there because it, it's close. And next year you can see a big change. Like this is going to be special. And then there's some other, uh, some other tandems out there that could push the pace as well. We'll see. Yep, yep. All right, next one, guys. The NFL will eventually develop its own G League similar to the NBA. Fact or foolish? Foolish. Um, uh, I think that's what the XFL essentially is going to be. Um, you know, with the reemergence of that, The Rock and his um, ex-wife, Danny Garcia, they, they, they're taking that and they're really trying to turn it into something. I've always said that the NFL and the XFL should be a partnership mm -hmm. and that should be their farm league, essentially. You know, that's the league that guys who may be injured go to to kind of start rehabbing and getting back into game ready, game speed ready. That should be the yep. league that guys go into when they don't want to go ahead and go the college route. They can go straight into the um, XFL mm. for X amount of years and then be eligible to go into the NFL if, you know, the productivity is there and teams like what they see. I think that should be the relationship. I don't think they need an additional league, like a G League, in between those two. The 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 format, the foundation is right there. You just have to figure out how to make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, if you guys follow my little uh, traveling uh, uh, journey this week, you see that I made a stop in New York yesterday. I was at the league office, so I know a few people a couple people and I know that they're looking at the XFL as that G League like Ashley talked about they're super excited about this I mean you have a lot of NFL guys now running the XFL but not in the way where it's like oh these are just ex NFL people but no strategically planted in the XFL so they can make this work they need to make this work right because you have offensive linemen that are out there that may need an extra two three years to develop like these guys are getting thrown in there and they're getting their asses kicked because you're going against an Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt in his prime or Miles Garrett. Like think about some of these guys that these young offensive linemen are going uh, against and, and then we're just throwing them to the wayside. That's why you'll see a lot of these offensive linemen, if you really look at their, their journey and their career, the first four or five years, they were like practice squad guys. Right. But when you start seeing these guys year 10, year 11, if you pull back the, the layers a little bit, you'll see that these guys journey uh, was one of development. Same thing at the quarterback position. Look at, you know, uh, A.J. McCarron, like A.J. McCarron. He's been a backup for some time. But, you know, you need that guy to go out there and get reps, because if a Dak Prescott snapped his ankle like he did, then you throw a guy in there and it's like, man, can we put out a great product, right? That's what it's about at the end of the day. The NFL want to put out a great product. How do you maintain a great product? By the, making sure that the development uh, uh, areas around your, your product is thriving and they need this to work. So um, I'm with Ashley here, foolish. They already have it. All right, guys, let's move on to the NBA. The Pelicans aren't a playoff team without Zion Williamson. Fact or foolish? It's foolish. foolish, but it's foolish, but it's they're not a overly competitive playoff team without Zion. I mean, we talk about this. We saw a little bit of a glimpse of what they were able to do 
last season. Now, mind you, earlier in this year, they were top four in the West. They now have dropped to 10. So mm. they are technically a play-in team. They're not a playoff team right now. So some can say this is fact. Now, will they be able to go ahead and slide up a little bit? I believe so. I still think they're going to be in the play-in, not the playoffs. So I'm going to go ahead and say that this is fact slash foolish. I don't think, mm. depending on the matchup, they get out of the first round. She can't round do that. <laughs> she can't do that. Why? Because right now they're not a playoff team. Or foolish. I mean, Answer right now the they're question. not a playoff a team. They're a play-in question. team. So is it fact or foolish? I'll say foolish. I think that they need Thank Zion you. to take them. Um, no, sorry. I'll say fact. I think that they need Zion to take them over the hump. I think that last year they showed a lot of signs of, of life and things like that, and that was great. But we all were in agreement that Zion was the missing piece. And if they had Zion, things would have been different. Right now they're a playing team. The fact that they slid down so drastically and egregiously in the standings is problematic. They had a great game last night. CJ McCollum put on a show against the Dallas Mavericks. Wow, 16 straight points from him. But it's just not going to be enough without Zion. So I'm going to go and say fact for sure. Okay, uh, foolish. They can definitely make the playoffs without Zion. But like Ashley uh, said earlier, it's going to be a struggle to get uh, past the first round. So foolish for me. Mm. Um, yeah. All right, all right. I'm eager to see what you guys' answer is going to be for this next one. Bronny James is NBA ready right now. Foolish. <laughs> what you think? Fact. Man? Fact. Okay. Fact. With the hot Bronny, take. Bronny, okay. Bronny James is actually you can't tell me that Bronny James um, can't play in the NBA today and least I just be told like you that. someone's That's foolish, someone's someone's ninth man, tenth man right now. That's just it's, just, it's an easy question. You're watching man, him play Bronny, against high schoolers, and, but come on, you see some of these other guys getting these two day contracts and look, they're sitting on the bench. Come on, Bronny can he, they didn't. The question wasn't, Corey didn't ask, can he play in the NBA and thrive? He said, can he be in the NBA? Yo, Bronny Any got a shot. Any of us be in the Bronny NBA right now. Defense. Are we going to be productive? Bronny is a dog. His hell, his, his, his basketball IQ is probably higher than half of the NBA right now. I actually think this is fact, Corey. Um, now, could he come in and compete right away? That's a different that's a and he's not topic. NBA ready. NBA ready <laughs> yes, means no, it's not. NBA ready means that you can come into the league and compete right away. If he can come into the league and just exist on the floor, that's not NBA ready. He's playing against high so, schoolers. He's extremely so talented, about, but he needs a year of development at a university. So he can't be the tenth man on the bench. He needs a year of development at a university. We saw, we've seen this story before. We've seen this with the Ball brothers. We've seen this with. A few other guys, you don't underestimate what a year at a university, especially a top tier program in the country, can do for the development of a player. There's he's a, extremely but there, talented but an argument, and gifted, but he's an playing against high schoolers, not NBA guys. There's an argument, Ashley, that you could sit on the end of an NBA bench and that could be all the development you need because you're seeing it not you know, if you're day not in playing. and day out. And you're practicing, though. You're practicing against the you best. You can't uh, practice. Pra you that's cannot like, simulate like what there. happens in That's like me going out NBA. there and practice against Champ Bailey. Not playing the game. No. But going out there every single day my rookie year and practice against the best corner in the NFL, Champ Bailey. That made me better. 
You cannot, Brandon, but you didn't come out of high school. You had years mm -hmm. of development at you, like a college it, it program. Like it, it felt like it was Chad Baby like had you can't, you can't the way you, you cannot yeah. simulate <laughs> the intensity and the physicality of an NBA game oh, in bro. practice. It's easier. Like you came it's out of easier. college and you had that as it, as a rookie, that's not the same thing. So, so let me ask you this. So let me ask you this. Do you do you do you, you like Brawny's shot? And we can move on after. You like Brawny's shot? I actually, if you ask me which brother is better, I think Bryce is oh. the better ball player. Mm -hmm. out okay, of the let's two. move Overall. on. Overall, yeah. and and LeBron has said it. He said that Bronny is good, but Bryce is going to be a problem. And if you watch the two of them play, Bryce is going to be a problem. Bronny is good. LeBron is good, but like Bryce a, a is LeBron going ball. to be a problem. <laughs> Le LeBron is starting to sound like uh, LeVar yeah, Ball. LeBron That's what's happening. His inner no, but if you, if you watch, but the, be if you watch you, the two of them, target, you can clearly see which brother. Putting a, he's putting a target on their back. Like, he can't do that. Bron, uh, uh, Bronny goes out there his last game, and he gives you 10 points, right? And he's not even the best on the court that night. So LeBron has to be careful, careful here. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what uh, Brandon's response is to this next one. NBA players dress better than NFL players. Fact or foolish? You want me to go first, Ashley? You want me, you want me to tell you the truth? E you you want me to go first? Go ahead. NBA players dress better than NFL players? That's foolish. Um, <laughs> NBA players, listen, they have more money. They invest more money into their clothes. They're, they're buying things off the rack. NBA players um, have a, a stylist. NBA players are um, purchasing things and wearing things off the runway. But if you look at the Stephon Diggs of the world, even the, the you know, King Henry's of the world, uh, Jamal Adams of the world, DK Metcalf's getting into it, Elijah Moore. Uh, there's so many other guys I can mention. Yo, they do this. Mm -hmm. Like, think of, it's just like effortless. You know what I mean? It's just swagger. Like NFL players got more swagger because we're used to this. You got to think about in practice, we're putting on like clothes. Like guys put their, the, the sweet rag on their head. They <laughs> might have a, a longer towel or a shorter towel, how they wear their socks, how they take their ankles. Like we've always had better swagger because we've had to going back in the day and just how we prepare for practice or for game time. Like we got more to do. We have more reps, Ashley. Great point. Foolish. <laughs> the answer is fact, and I'll tell you why. There's a few reasons why. One, the NBA is much more of an international game, right? So you have players from countries or capitals of those countries that are known for fashion. You talk about European guys. A lot of those fashion trends start over there first. Also, physically speaking, NBA players are more well-suited for high fashion gear because they're tall, they're slim. A lot of European cuts, as you know, Brandon, are cut just like that because they're cut for models on the runway. So the cuts are different. NBA players also, in comparison to NFL players, let's speak on that, we'll, we'll flip it. NFL players, when outside of maybe a wide receiver or a quarterback, you mentioned Stefan Diggs, great dresser. You mentioned DK Metcalf, also a great dresser. But for the most part, they're body mm. built is not conducive for high fashion wear. A lot of those guys are what? big, they're bulky, they're extremely muscular, and high fashion and outside of outside of brands like Fear of God and things that are more streetwear athleisure based that doesn't really have to do with a body build type. 
a lot of van brands like um, Versace, Balenciaga, Bottega, Chanel, Bottega. Dior, they're meant for <laughs> slim, tall figures. That's why a lot of that stuff does not look good on NFL players. The answer is NBA. It's just the way that the fashion right. world is designed. I, I want to do this because, uh, like, Ashley's totally wrong about this whole body type thing. You're, you stop body shaming. One, I'm not body Ashley. shaming. It's just the way of the stop fashion body industry. shaming. Uh. And, and then if you go to the NFL, I'm going to name a few guys that's built, uh, mm -hmm. and they put it on. They look phenomenal, right? Like, Frank Clark, he's a semi-built guy. Like, he's, like, Frank Clark, he puts it on. Yeah, you you even have Big Lawrence for... Um, the Giants. Hold on, let me look at my list again. Who else do you have here? We have you a have different. We have Vaughn, a different. Uh, huh? We have a different. Uh, uh, you have expectation uh, for Jefferson, what dressing well. Quentin looks Jefferson. Like. Yeah. Who? Quentin Jefferson. Quentin Jefferson. Defense alignment. Come on. Let me also go Come to on. uh big. Is it Laramie Tunsil? Left tackle for the Texans. Are you Texans. talking about dress. dressing well dress. for Laramie Tunsil? Can dress. Are you telling? Are you talking about dressing well for their their type or dress? They, are we talking uh, fashion? Because I'm last time I checked, I fashion, have never seen fashion. Laramie. I haven't seen Tunsil and Bottega. Mercedes, Mercedes Lewis, two hundred eighty pounds. Mercedes Lewis is tall. He's tall. He's long. But he's thick. But no, he's, uh, pause, not, pause. he's not. He's not. He's not bulky enough to pause. wear those clothes. Won't fit him. He has to get them tailored. But he has height on him. This is no different than a Travis Kelsey. Stop he has hating. height Stop on hating. him. Hey, big boys is in. Big boy swag. Okay. Come on next. now. You know y'all know y'all. We not about. I'm not about to do this. You know y'all ladies, like big dudes are in right now. Come Ooh. on now. Big little bit of belly, little bit of belly. Who said that? Got a little they smell good. Ashley, am I right? Uh. I I can't. That's not my type, but I don't knock it if you like it. Go ahead. Well, so we're we're gonna stay in the fashion world for this next one though. So athletes will become the face of high end fashion brands over models. Fact or foolish? Mm. I'm gonna um, go I'm gonna go fact here, Ashley. Um yeah, I'm gonna because go of what we just talked about. It's so dynamic, right? And you gotta also um think about this. These tunnel walks that was created in football, actually. Football players was the first to do this. I'm telling you. <laughs> we've been doing this. You go back to back in the day to Deion Sanders, they started going another rant here, but it just hit me. Deion Sanders, think about those guys, what we were doing in suits. We got basketball players uh, 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 that we gave them their style, their swagger. But anyways, that tunnel walk, whether in the NBA arena or the NFL stadium, that's like the new runway. Like brands are putting it on it. Lon Vaughn's coming out, Givon Chi, and however uh, Ashley said about they got. So it's already happened. The NFL players, NBA players, soccer players are the new fashion models, 100%. We're the tastemakers. What athlete is the face of Givon Chi? Well, I'm just seeing Stefan Diggs getting the bag over there. Stefan Diggs is not Pat the e. face of He's Givenchy. in Pat E right now. He's in Pat E doing all kinds of photo shoots and stuff. But he's not, the, Vogue he's, and... he's not the face of that brand, though. He wears it. Yeah, he, he's invited to the fashion the show. Face. So who's, who's the faces of these brands? Like, like the for example, Louis selling Vuitton, more of this stuff than a model. Like, it's Louis Vuitton is Zendaya, but she's built like a model. And Pharrell just became the creative director of Louis. Last time I checked, it's not LeBron James. <laughs> like, I don't... And last... Less, wearing you know wearing a brand of, and being and being a muse of one of the brands and having access to their clothing and you know being having that relationship going to the Met Gala things like that is different than being a face of a brand. So the answer is foolish because yeah. remember yeah. those those European brands, those high end designer brands don't just adhere to Americans. They adhere to for the most part Europeans. 
And for the most part, those clothes are designed for very particular but body see, types. You get, but things. see, that's the problem. That's the problem. You think like a basketball player, Ashley. That's yeah. what it is. You're a basketball player. I've got it. Okay. Yeah. And you think like a basketball player, right? You you think so basketball players, it's exactly what I'm talking about. They go get stylists, they go buy the stuff off the racks, and it's all about the labels. Football players, we can go to Zara and make something work. What we does can that go have to do get some streetwear and put a and put a and put a uh some type of uh you know formal jacket on and you make think it these work. outfits like, look good these outfits look good to you? One hundred percent. Go to Blitzfit. Go oh, to Blitzfit okay. right now and look these at the football these players. Look I love to ball. You. Say that again. These outfits 100%. look good to you. One hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Well, Corey, before we end the show, can I say this? I know you no, may have ahead, a, uh, one or two more. Uh, thank you uh, to everybody tapping in with us. You know, we got so much more work to do, uh, so much more planned, so much in store uh, for you guys to keep coming back every single day, uh, rocking with us. Uh, with paper route, uh, you know, means a lot. We're going to continue to come back. So make sure you subscribe. They say 70% of the people who are watching this episode aren't even subscribers. So not only subscribe to us, but subscribe to all your, your, your favorite YouTubers. Ashley, you're a YouTuber now. How does that feel, Ashley? I'm going to keep picking on you. You paid all that money to go to school to become a YouTuber. I'm not a YouTuber, but we'll, we'll go ahead. <laughs> I'm not a YouTuber. Uh, well, all right, Corey, what else we got, man? That's it, man. That's a wrap. That's a wrap for the show. So we got for the people. Well, we got for the people. We got Monday. We got a special episode dropping uh, at noon. And to follow that paper route, myself, Ashley Nicole Moss. And we'll let you guys know over the weekend who's going to be our special guest. Uh, see you guys Monday. Peace. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently 
at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.